Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod, and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning, welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Don't mention the VAR, get it? The papers this morning are literally clambering over themselves to make fun of the Germans crashing out the World Cup in dramatic fashion yesterday afternoon at the hands of South Korea. Talk about schadenfreude. Just why is it that we are so obsessed with Germany? Doesn't it make us look just a little small-minded? 0344 Tonight, of course, it's England's turn, so prepare for the Battle of Belgium and those Brexit football charts we were talking about the other day. Daisy McCandry is already preparing the waffles, even as we speak. Coming up a little bit later, with just two weeks to go until Donald Trump's visit. The cabinet are getting concerned about a peace deal. The US president is plotting with Vladimir Putin behind NATO's back. Where will it all lead? Surely, once more, to Sweden and the Nobel Peace Prize. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, it's, uh, not so much really about the football, but the, the, the national side of things, because I do yeah. recall, and I'm in my 70s, that um, years ago, as your, your earlier commentator said, that they were taught this in German schools yeah. over the, the war period. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I always thought how sad that was, mm. because uh, in my era, we had history, and we had this, didn't we, a few weeks ago with Agincourt, and I'm not going to go down that road. Right. But uh, we don't appreciate our history in this country, and um, we, have a, we are one of the few countries in Europe which has basically stayed the same for the last sort of uh, eight, nine hundred years, um, whereas in Europe they haven't. When you say stayed the same, what you mean in terms of our sort of parliamentary democracy and all of that? Or our borders? Well, our borders, because France and Spain obviously have basically stayed the same, but we've always been in conflict with all these countries, haven't we? Right. And the same with Austria, the same with Germany, and I think we have a natural affinity with Germany, especially the North, Mm. but Italy and um, all over. And I actually feel a lot of people resent us because until Scotland joined the Union in, in 1500s or something, or something um, we, well, it was James the First of Scotland, wasn't it? And James the Sixth of Sorry, yeah, James the Sixth of Scotland. Yeah, we've always been we've always been a thorn in their side. And as I said to the lady on the phone, I. I think a lot of European countries will be glad when we've left Europe. Well, do you know, I'm not sure about that because whenever I meet people or whenever I travel in Europe, I don't ever get the sense that there are people who don't like the English. I and mean, we, we hear this all the time. But no, no. I've never, I've never come politi- across that. I'm talking politically. I've worked in France yeah. for, for many years and mm. I've worked in Germany for many years. Yeah. And in fact, everybody really likes, is uh, uh, really friendly. In fact, I have friends, or I had friends in Normandy who felt they should be able to apply for a British passport. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, they, they could be... Well, there's plenty of uh, Normans over here, you know, who are exactly from that part of the world, so there's no reason why that couldn't happen. No, the, uh, as 
from a people point of view, we 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 get on well with everybody. I think. Andy, can yeah. I just can I just take you back to your initial points? You were talking. You started by saying you were sad because you were hearing uh, Monica, our guest earlier, was talking about you know as a child in school she was taught about the atrocities that um, yes, that, that Germans done, and it, you were it, saying that we weren't taught. Are you saying that um, our so British schools don't teach our school children about the bad things that we've done in the past? Was that was that what you meant? I don't think we did historically did any bad things. We were fighting wars, and and in fact, I find well, it very some elements bad. of colonialism and the empire weren't great. Well, they were in the day, and and without without history going through those steps, many of these countries wouldn't be where they were today, because our standards were different. And how sad. That we're, we're, our young, our youth are not taught history anymore. Well, I think they are, but they may be not taught it perhaps in the way that you'd like to see them taught it. Andy, listen, thank you very much. We're going to move on. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Ryan's in the New Forest. Hi, Ryan. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, sir. What would you like to say? Um, well, I've got a theory on the German thing. Um, uh, one thing I say as well: the reason we probably can't teach our deep history to our kids is because, like you say, the the, the bad past of colonialism and the things that went on. I mean, cause we ended the slave trade, but we did pretty well at thriving off it for about 100 years. Yeah, before. but I think in schools but, now, um, they learn that, but they learn it from, from that perspective. I don't think they learn it from, you know, this is our history and this is what it is. I think they do learn it from right, a kind yeah, well, of, some of these things weren't very, very uh, sort of uh, pleasant. Well, that's it. Well, it's about time too as well. I mean, because we didn't really learn any either way when I was in school too much. Went through a few of the King's lists and things. But mm. uh, with the Germany... Uh, the Germany hatred. I've got a theory on it being sort of nationality's last acceptable galvanising point uh, across the classes, if you get what I mean. Yeah. So it's like a, um, it, you know, it, whereas nowadays, you know, the predominantly 80s put the working class thing behind the St. George's flag and the racism. And then so it's not really trendy for a lot of people to fly flags. It's getting a bit better re- more recently. Yeah. But when I was growing up, you either you know, through the flag. I mean, I've actually had an England tattoo on my arm and I've covered it up since. And I've got it when I was 17. I've covered it up by the age of 20, I think. When you say an England tattoo, what do you mean? An England um, forever or an England England football tattoo? Uh, No, yeah, it was was like a a patriotic-y, flaggy thing. So I must have had a bit of patriotic feeling for a few few years. Well, why would you cover it up? Um, because, like I say, because really the, the road I was going down, the sort of people that had England flags on their arms and things like that weren't the sort of mindset of people that I sort of okay. necessarily wanted to purport, which so, is sad in its own sense. Well, it is, yeah. Lost my... In fact, but, you um, could have been, you, know, you could, you see, Ryan, you could have been a sort of trailblazer for, you know, the modern day patriot instead of, uh, you know, making out that you didn't want to be looked at like some kind of uh, yeah, knuckle dragon. You could have actually. Tattoo, though, as well. <laughs> oh, was it? Why did you just get it burned you know, out then? Yeah, well, I've gone all trendy and black now, but then I did all that before everyone else has done it. So now they're caught up. I've just given oh, okay. up. I'll just cover my arms up. But, right. um, yeah, I think across, across the classes, the Germany thing, like I say, was, uh, you know, it is really the last point because you can't really moan about the Second World War in any sense. Like with other wars, you can go, yeah, but hang on, this side, that side. You yeah, go, well, yeah. hang on, Nazis, you can't. And you it's can't, always no. been a, And I must say, I mean, I was quite surprised because of where I was yesterday and, and the kinds of people that were punching the air and chanting these songs. And it was all either, you know, barristers or sort of very well-to-do businessmen in suits. You know, and it wasn't, like you say, it wasn't a sort of tattooed uh, England fan. It was it was people who you no, wouldn't have even thought would No, but they've probably been waiting for. to do it, yeah. and now they can, because it is a cross-class thing. It, yeah. Germany's got it. Ha, Hatred ha, of Germany you know, re- unites the nation. Who knew? <laughs> I think we all knew. <laughs> but I was sort of hoping that we'd moved on. That's my point, Ryan. You know, I'm sort of hoping that I understand that people want to gloat and I understand the football side of it, but I don't really get the other side of it. 
Well, maybe maybe it's just the English or the British psyche hanging on to its last point. You know, maybe no one really wants to, and if deep down you push them on it, intelligent people would say, well, of course, yeah, it's really rather stupid. Does that mean, the then, time, that, that the like, last thing we're really actually proud of and that we can even say we were proud of was beating the Germans in World War Two? Was accepting help off of people to beat the Germans in World War Two? Yeah, that was <laughs> that's, well, that's that's what you say. But I mean, yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't that, don't you find that slightly weird? Uh, yeah, because it was. I don't. I don't. Um, yeah, I do because I've, I've read a lot of history, and I don't really blame any German people or any nationalistic thing. I believe it was just governments, movements, and people's money. And you know, war is not our game. It's not a, a layman's game. Yet you get drawn into it, and obviously, you have to. You build whole nationalistic feelings for eighty years later on it. I mean, yeah. God, look how strong propaganda really is. We're going to look back now. I think it was big enough to win a war, and now it's big enough to create a media frenzy eighty years later over a game of football. Yeah. I mean. That's how big propaganda is, and that's sure. how long it can stick. But, I mean, the reason there's so, a media frenzy, as you put it, is because the media is very good at knowing what the mood of the nation is. They don't make the mood of the nation, they reflect it, and that's what they're doing this morning. And what they are saying on their front pages is that everyone in this country has woken up with a smile on their face and a, and a skip in their step because we beat the Germans again. Even though it wasn't us, Even it was the it South Koreans. Us. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but that's what the feeling is. I mean, that's what we're trying to basically say is we've beaten them. They're out. Oh, no, and it's, if they wouldn't have been such a successful nation since the war, I think it wouldn't be as big. But I think that because they're so successful business-wise and the economy, you know, their economy thrives, or it seems to, and, you know, then it's just like, oh, like you say, they've got an efficient machine and it's good to take it, well, just to see it fail every now and again. Yeah, I think that's so, absolutely right. Right. I don't know, that's a horrible thing anyway. That's tragedy. And that's just well, it is. It is, and horrible. I mean, I saw a line in one of the papers this morning. Thanks, Ryan, for your call. 0344-499-1000 if you want to join in. I saw a line in the papers this morning, Daisy, that actually psychologically seeing Germany go out of the World Cup is as beneficial to the individual in this country as to see England winning it. Yeah. Well, which is and amazing. Also, and also it's a double whammy because we had the, you know, serious joy yesterday of seeing them go home whilst knowing that no matter what happens yeah. in tonight's game mm. for us against Belgium, we are going forward. Yes. So it's, you know, and it's, I think, it's a win-win. And I think I'm right to say that I don't think there's ever been a World Cup where Germany went out of it before England. Now, there's nothing that warms the cockles of your heart, even though it's a very, very hot day already, than a bit of sort of local ingenuity. You know, you get those stories occasionally where people do something. Community and you think, spirit. How great an idea yeah. was that? And we've got Love one it. from Wales today, and I'm going to have a go at the pronunciation of this town uh, because I've been told exactly how I should say it. Michaelston Evedwi. That sounded very good. Right, uh, because apparently the Y, uh, the W is like a Y and the F is like a V. And uh, anyway, the people of that town... Yeah. Uh, which I'm going to ask you to pronounce in a minute as well, uh, decided they were so fed up with having no broadband and slow broadband. It was taking them, you know, 15 minutes to download a movie. It's a very common 10 story. minutes to try and send an email. Well, yeah, because as soon as you're outside of a sort of yeah. major metropolis, and you'll know this from, from the times in the country that you spend. I know it from yeah. being in Sussex, yeah. where, you know, um, when I first moved in to the place that I've got, they, they not only because it took us a month to get the broadband put in, there was no 3G either. So I used to have to no. actually physically get in the car, drive to the nearest Tesco's, order a coffee, sit there and send a load of emails and then go yeah. back in the afternoon to see if I'd got any answers. Which, you know, ridiculous. if you're thinking about productivity or if thinking about children trying to do homework, it's not. It's absolutely not a luxury right. anymore. It's a so, necessity. So what these people did was they decided to just dig their own um, a sort of a trench and put their own broadband in, which is brilliant, isn't it? And I love the fact that this idea all came from a chat in the pub over beers. Yes, exactly right. As all right. the best ideas do. Indeed, of course. And some of the worst ones <laughs> yeah, as well. Uh, exactly. David Phillips uh, is with us. He's the director of My Wife. David, a very good uh, morning to you. 
Good morning to you. Now it's Good very morning. it's very nice to see ingenuity of this type. It's always it's always it always cheers me up. Oh yes, most definitely. We were um, we we're all suffering from bad um, bad internet connections, right. and in the pub one evening, I, I was approached by one of what is now the other directors, and he'd already drawn up a sort of draft plan for the what the village, and, and what did I think? Would, was, would, did he think that the farmers and landowners would approve of this plan? Yes. And I looked at it and I thought, well, it's, it's a big ask because it involves 27 kilometres of line being dug through the, through the village. Right. Um, and, so quite actually, a lot, and quite a lot of money as well, right? There's, a, there's around about £200,000 in, in, involved. Right. And that money has been um, raised initially by... Um, shareholders taking a risk, but ultimately that will be returned if the project, well, the project is now a success, yeah. and, and that money will be returned by um, Welsh Assembly grants, okay. Welsh Government grants. Right. Um, so, yeah, the farmers and landowners were, um, well, they've been very supportive. Um, it's half dug. Um, it's probably a third completed and people are already getting super, super fast speeds. That's brilliant. And, and how difficult was it to do something? Because it's quite technological. I mean, did you have any expertise in, in the field of, of, of fibre optic cable or anything like that? It's amazing what you can find in a small village. You know, <laughs> we, we've had people, um, we've had every element of, of experience. There seems to be somebody who knows a little, you know, they... There's people who've worked for BT in the previous life and have some experience with fibre. Right. There's um, some computer experts. There's banking expertise, accountancy, insurance. Um, you know, and our main director was a plumber, but he's he's turned his hand right. to other things. And, and David, did did the village already have um, a really good sense of community, or has this brought the village together? Oh, this is there, there are a number of sort of areas in the community, but this has really brought everything to, to, together. I think um, Julie, my partner, has always run the village hall, and, and it's brought more additional people to our attention, if you like. Right, and, um, and so people are going to pay thirty pounds a year to use the broadband, which is which is pretty reasonable. Some people pay thirty pounds a thirty pounds a month. Thirty pounds a month. Oh, thirty pounds a month. Sorry. Yeah, it says thirty pounds a year in a piece of the Times. I thought that was quite cheap. <laughs> Does you know. Uh, yeah, well. well, I mean, that's no more than most people pay. But I'm also going to congratulate you because you were apparently able to obtain some kind of funding from the European Union, considering we're leaving uh, in about nine months. So that's rather well done. That. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this funding's been um, through Welsh government. Yes, it's European funding, um, and yeah, we will we will get that, which will pay. Basically, the capital cost of the, of the connection, yeah. and then it's up to the community to take it on and run it from there on in. And have which, you thought of taking your expertise to other villages, perhaps in mm. uh, neighbouring parts of Wales, where you could go and show them how to do it and, and take a take a bit of a consultancy fee? Well, it would be a, it, w- it would be a lovely idea. Um, we're already receiving calls from people just out of our area who are wondering if we can go and help. You know, the next village, okay. the next village. Mm. Um, and I think this could well be possible. And David, if, um, if our listeners who aren't anywhere near you geographically but have the same problem, you know, with with their networks, what advice would you give them? 
Come and see us. You know, we'd, we'd be, we'd, 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 you know, it can be done. Um, it can be done in the manner we've done it, or there are other, there are other forms of connection. Um, and there's probably grant money available to, to just enough to start these projects off. Mm. And will you have to have a sort of ongoing company, if you like, because clearly you'll need to be able to bill people, presumably for for the service, and also maintain it in some way. Will you have you had to form yourselves into a kind of a, a, a telephonic company, if you like? Yes, we are an internet service provider in the same manner as British Telecom okay. or Surf Telecom or, or anybody like that. Right. Um, we. Um, we ha- we will need ongoing support, which will come from the, from, from the villagers. That's and, a... and we're a, and we're a not for profit. The point is, we're a not yeah. for profit company. So right. uh, it's not one penny being taken out by anybody. It all goes back to the community, mm. and we believe we can generate the surplus, which will help for. Anything that's required yeah. in, in the village. It's a great, it's a fantastic thing you've done. I, I mean, I hope you realise how fantastic it is yeah. because I mean, it could be. I mean, imagine taking the power away from these big telecom giants, right, and just saying, you know what, we're going to do it ourselves. And it? David, apart from that, that sort of sense of community and achievement, what impact has it had on villagers' lives? Well, the, the building of it has brought a lot of people together. Mm. You know, that, that's one element. Yeah, but. And from a working element, as a you know, we're a diver- we're a small diversified farm, right? And we do everything from um, rental cottages to to growing Christmas trees, um, and all those applications somewhere along the line, you need the internet. Yeah, I mean, rental cottages. Um, most people will just be looking yeah. at looking at websites and so on, and wanting oh, excuse me, wanting to see something quite slick and and fast. Yes. And, and, and again, with the Christmas trees, you know, we have to advertise um, and people have to come. They, they now come with credit cards and want, we need a fast connection mm. to the Internet to um, to work a credit card machine. So it's all snowball for us. And presumably for any sort of you know, youngsters in the village who do homework. I mean, all my kids' homework is well, not all, but probably 80 percent is mm. online now. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and, and, it's, and it's not only the homework; it's also sort of in, within our farming lives. Is you know more and more information on on the internet. Basically. No, I'm sure that's right. Well, it's a fantastic thing, David. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to talk to us about it. Uh, David Phillips, there, who's with my Wi-Fi uh, over in. I'm going to ask you to pronounce the. You're uh, so unkind. Uh, go on, give it a go. <laughs> on Michaelston. Michaelston. Yeah, Ivedwi. 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 Not so hard. Uh, fantastic! What a great idea! It's very, very, very kind of um, entrepreneurial. The British, yeah, are. and and also that spirit, that spirit of yeah. coming together and saying, "Well, if no one else is mm. going to do it for us, we're going to do yeah. it ourselves." Exactly, brilliant idea. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, I'm not against the royal family at all. Uh, I do want to make sure that we know how much they're spending and we can ask the question whether they're worth it. But uh, Graham may have a different view. Graham, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I'm assuming you will say that these figures prove that it's an absolute waste of time and money and we did, must do away with them as soon as possible. Uh, well, regardless of what the figures would be, whether it's £1 or £100 million, um, it's absolutely a waste of time and we need to do away with them. But the the um, willful and routine abuse of public money by public officials is always cause for alarm, whether it's MPs and their expenses or royals. Yeah. Uh, and their expenses. So, um, you know, I think that we need to get past this idea that we somehow owe the royals anything at all um, other than an annual salary for the head of state, the Queen. Right. Um, but you can't have the Queen so, without all the rest of it as well, though, can you, really? Well, of course you can. I mean, it'd be very easy to put the Queen on a, an annual salary pegged to that of the Prime Minister um, and to provide her with a, an office and a staff for um, organising official engagements and tell the rest of the family to go and um, do their own thing. So what would um, you give them as a budget, then? Oh, well, I mean, if you look at the Irish president, for example, who's a very similar sort of role, um, I think they, they, it comes in under £10 million. Now, the official figure is a small fraction of what it actually costs. So it's gone up somewhere, somewhere around £70, £80 million um, officially because they're fixing Buckingham Palace. The real figure is well over £345 million every year. Uh, that Are you is saying a that this, money the, for one the, person. the figure that we're given, which is that it costs from, it's gone up from 66p a year to 69p a year, you're saying that's wrong? Well, I mean, that, that figure is absolute nonsense. I mean, it's not even wrong, it's just a lie. I mean, it's just dishonest spin. I mean, and it, it, is, it should be ringing huge alarm bells when anybody tries to justify a huge amount of public spending by dividing it by every man, woman, and child in the country. I mean, it's just well, how's clearly it wrong, they don't though? want to. No one ever divides public well, the spending thing is right. by every you just man, don't... woman and child. Well, hang on, you don't agree and... with how it's how it's come about. No, hang on a minute. It is it is dishonest spin. The real figure is the total amount spent, and the total amount spent could be spent elsewhere. When we do budgeting and when we do, um, you know, uh, have debates about how we spend our limited resources of, of public money, we look at what our priorities are and decide what to spend it on. Now, three hundred forty-five million pounds, you can spend that on fifteen thousand nurses or 15,000 police officers or 15,000 teachers. That's the kind of figure that we're talking about. The dividing it by every man and woman and child is simply a dishonest way yeah, but it's not wrong, is it? scrutiny. It might be it dishonest, but it's not wrong, is it? But it, it, well, I mean, well, then we can say it's also a fraction uh, of a pence if you divide it by every person on the planet. It's a meaningless yeah, but every figure. Well, no, no, it's not meaningless because if it's, it's completely correct... It's meaningless because every person... It's only meaningless to you. Does, it's not the same no, thing. OK, this is, a, this is a slightly pointless discussion because every person in the country does not pay tax. It is not Yeah, but, it's, but it doesn't make the figure wrong. That's my point. We can move on from the subject as soon as you agree with me. No, I, I, well, that's absurd. Sorry, I mean... Well, it, how is it absurd? It is, because, OK, this is a completely pointless conversation. Okay. We have a head well, of state spending £345 million uh, pounds a year of right. public money 
which is uh, a huge amount of money that is simply unjustifiable. We have food banks that are struggling to survive, and they are trying on right. charitable donations at all, trying to feed people that can't uh, find enough money to, to feed their children. That's the sort of money that this... Uh, well, this how, sort of how about, how about I read you a couple of tweets from somebody who... Uh, a couple of people who sent them in. Miner has said this. I pay £150 a year to the BBC compared to that 69 pence Her Majesty cost me. I think it's outstanding value. And a lot of people will say that to you. I mean, the BBC costs a lot more than the royal family, in other words. The BBC is a public broadcaster which employs huge numbers of people to provide a huge and very expensive service, which is accountable ultimately to Parliament. Buckingham Palace is one person who is there to be head of state who take, keeps on taking money to spend on themselves. It is a completely different uh, kettle of fish. But you mentioned, for example, the president... million pounds a year includes money being spent on private travel, private accommodation, palatial homes, not just for the head of state, but also her family. It is, um, uh, you know, security for well, people... Well, you'd expect that, the Queen um, to live in a palatial home. She's the Queen. You know, you can't live, not live in a palatial home. You would not expect the Queen to ensure that the, um, the, her family lives in palatial homes. Why are we spending money on giving a palatial home to William and Kate? And, and well, Harry because and he's Meghan the heir to the, the throne. The Duke and Duchess of uh, well, Gloucester. Well, he's the, the heir to the throne. That is not... Where do you want him to live? To in their own house, which they pay for. Well, Why they do pay different? for a lot of their own stuff now. And also, here's the point as well. well you, you, you can't just simply say that. That is simply well, I, incorrect. Well, they I can simply say it, actually. Million well, let me, well, let me, if you're just going to talk over um, me, Graham, we're not going to get very far here. When you mention, for example, the Irish president was worth 10 million. Nobody goes to Ireland to visit the Irish president. People come here by their hundreds of thousands okay. to visit the royal family because they love right. the, the, the idea of, of a queen. Just cite me a single piece of evidence to back well, that up. Well, did you watch the royal wedding? Uh, do you have any evidence well, whatsoever did you, to back that well, up? Well, did you watch the royal wedding? Well, how is that evidence? Well, because there was a lot of people who were in Windsor for the Royal Wedding who had travelled here from other countries, and that is called tourism. Do you have any evidence to back that up? Yeah, they were all interviewed on TV, Graham. They were all interviewed on television. Do you think they were just sort of actors or something? There were, I mean, I don't know whether you're doing this deliberately or, or whether you're just not but, very but Graham, bright. Graham, but the Graham, point is, this is if, not. No, it's, 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 it's actually because I'm not very bright, Graham. You're right the second time. Graham, if, if, if I may interrupt, you're not allowing me to actually get a word in edgeways. You're you sound a very miserable individual, Graham. Why are you so miserable? Right, boys, if you could both just zip it for a second. Oh, he's hung up. Oh, he's hung up. Oh, dear. Well, I was about to tell him that Visit Britain says says 600,000 people came to London for the royal wedding. No, you haven't got any evidence for that. That's spending £107 million. That's not evidence. Value to brand Britain, (laughs) according to Visit Britain, was... One billion. Yes. Just, just in the royal wedding. I mean, I mean, anyone who wants to have an argument about the royal family, I'm very willing to to entertain it, right? Because there's perfectly reasonable, re- perfectly reasonable grounds for saying I don't think it's right that just because you happen to be born into a particular family that you should be privileged enough to be yeah. given all of this stuff. However. It is completely and utterly idiotic to say that the royal family does not actually bring in any tourism dollars to this country. It is. Now, the problem with all these royal stories, and I have looked at them, you know, is that all the figures are disputable. And you can't, for a lot of tour- tourism, you can't say that people specifically came to the UK only because of the royal family. But, no, you can actually. They will come, no, because no, most the, of them will come. No, a lot of them come. It. Yeah, but most of them will come here because they want to see the palaces. They love the idea of, of the Tower of London. They love the idea of Buckingham Palace and going to Windsor. Yes. They came the to the arg- royal the wedding. The argument is, even if the royals weren't living in the in the palaces, they would probably still no. go see them. No, because people the do in way. France. They go and visit the chateaus. They go and visit I mean, their, the same, their Not side. in the same numbers. The only people going to Versailles are people like you and I because we love the idea of seeing a bit of history. 
people who like the royal family as a living royal family are different kinds of tourists. Yeah, but it's what uh, I think, you know, what Graham was saying, which I would agree with him, is it's very, very difficult to put a, a really accurate figure on those things. Oh, well, However, why is it that Republic it, is the only place that seems to be able to do anything right? Apparently, a Republic is an organisation where everything they do is indisputable and everything everybody else does is complete rubbish. But it's like, you know, it's like when he was saying that the figure where you divide it by the number of people is a bogus figure. But it's but not, course, though. Well, of course, but that's what he didn't seem to understand. That yeah. It's a way of explaining yeah. the number. Now, of course, it's used by royalists mm. or monarchists because it makes it appear very, very good value for money, better value well, it for is. money than three hundred. Well, let me let me million. read you let me read you this tweet from Steve. The royal family at sixty nine pence per annum, worth every penny when you consider that the net EU cost is one hundred forty three pounds per annum per household. The BBC license fee one hundred fifty pounds per annum. Guardian yeah, newspaper yeah, monthly he's... subscription forty seven pounds. Labour Party four pounds seventeen a month. London congestion charge eleven pounds a day. But he's fiddled the figures because Why? he said per household, and yeah. the, and the p the sixty p figure is per person, including children. Okay. So well, if you take so one hundred forty. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's a bogus thing to say that it's not a real figure. If you want to make every figure the same, for example, uh, if you want to say uh, per household, and we, we we talked the other day, did we not, about the average figure of the number of children that people have is yeah. 1.8, 1.8, right? 1.8, yeah. So, in fact, if you were to take £143 per annum and divide it by three which would give you the figure for uh, you know all the people in the country, it would still be an awful lot more than 69 pence. Yeah, I've no idea. I mean, I don't know how many households. You know, I fox you by introducing mathematics into the equation. I don't know how many households are. You know, elderly people. How many households? Yeah, but I'm I'm giving you the average, right? So the average household has three people in it. Well, you might as well do population though. Population well, is, the, is the figure that the 69p comes from. You not can, households. but then in order to change that, you'd have to know how many households you are making into the population because you don't actually know, otherwise you can't do anything with yeah, that you number. You just get the big figure and you get yeah. the population figure and you divide it. Which is, you know, I can see what he's saying because they've... He know, just they, doesn't want there to be a royal family. You know, I can see what he's saying because this figure was... Because the, the, the original figure of the 60p, whatever it used to be, 40p... It was 66, it was it's gone created, to 69. Yeah, it was created by Palace... You know, press advisors, spin doctors, to make it look, to make them look as cheap as possible. And of course, when politicians do that, if they say, you know, the NHS, this increase will cost you only. Dot, the dot, NHS dot, costs us a lot the, more than that. Of course, it, and of course so it, it should. The opposition, you know, will cry foul and say that's not a fair way, fair way of looking at the figures. I mean, you know, we all know it. Statistics, statistics, and damn lies. Right. It's that. Well, is here's not... just to prove to you that I'm not, in fact, a mad royalist, and I just want to have as much money as they can possibly take off me and spend it yeah. all. I do think that the 362,000 pound tab for him to fly with Camilla to the Far East in an RAF jet is ridiculous. I don't think he should have to do that. No, However, we've heard today the Queen is not feeling terribly well. Um, and so he, as time goes on, will have to do more and more of these types of trips. Yeah. We've just seen Prince William on a trip to the Middle East, for example, which was very groundbreaking, you have to say. He yes. met the leader of the Palestinian um, people, right? Uh, he went to Israel. You know, this was an incredible kind of trip for a member of the royal family to make. And I disregard yeah. anyone who says that that is not a worthwhile uh, opportunity Look, to do. I don't want to get rid of the royal family. Yeah. I can see I want to get arguments. rid of Republic. That's what I want to I do. Can, I can see the arguments, and I can see that if you were to devise a system from scratch for the modern world, you yeah. wouldn't come up with a hereditary monarchy. No, but you, could, but you would sense. come up, but you would come up with William and Harry, because I think they're great examples of what everybody in this country should but be I mean, like, and what they should aspire to be like. And I think what, anyone who disagrees with that is, quite frankly, an, an old misery guts. But what neither you nor Graham 
took into account, which is what I take into account when talking about the royal mm. family, is the emotions of the British people. Yes. And the British people are emotionally attached yes. to the royals. And why and not? And it gives some kind of sucker in yeah. times of, apart from when they're being idiots, which happens less and less nowadays. Well, the royal family. The royal family. Yeah. Um, they give some sort of sucker, particularly in times of great celebration or in times of great despair. Yeah. They can they can provide a really useful purpose, and I think that's the thing to cling but on to. But it's also part and of it, our heritage. I mean, Br- Great Britain uh, is governed by a monarchy. Okay, now whether you like that or not, yeah. it is very much part of our heritage. You can't just wipe it away and say it's all rubbish and we should do away with it. But also, what I want to say to Graham is. He is against the tide. Now, that doesn't always make you wrong. You know, we all hold opinions that other people don't. But the, you know, the British public don't want to get rid of the royal family. No. They feel affectionate towards the royal family. And therefore, I think the practical thing to do is to find a way to make the royal family work for as many people as possible. Yeah. In other words, and they do. not to waste more money than they need to, not to be overly profligate, to which you know, this is the criticism here, to make sure that they do understand the real world mm-hmm. as much as they possibly can, and I think living, the queen, living in a And I think the castle. Queen, who has lived with more Prime Ministers and, and, and been the, the monarch of this country for more Prime Ministers than any other Queen in history, yeah. who is the most brilliant statesman, she's the most brilliant individual politically, because she's had to be over the yeah. years, you know, and the idea that she's some kind of overprivileged moron is quite offensive to me, and people like Graham who hold those kind of views, I think, are offensive. But actually, I I slightly disagree with you on that because I think it is our right to criticise our royal family. We do pay for them. And the idea in the old days that they were put there, you know, specifically by God, which is what, you know, that's what they always believed. There's they, no evidence they of that. No, there's no evidence of that. But that, but that is what the hereditary monarchy believed. That yeah. they were, that, that's what Listen, they Listen, I'll tell you what I have a bigger problem with. I have a bigger problem with the landed gentry in this country who were handed sort of, you know, well, huge of estates in huge parts of the country because, you know, their their, their, their ancestor once did something nice for Henry VIII. Yeah, or probably, or probably stole it. Yeah. Because, you know, and they don't have to be in the real world. See, I suspect you're a bit of a secret Republican. That's my worry. No, I'm not. I'm not, actually. My sister is, my goodness me. If really? she was here, she'd be biting your head off. Yeah, well, she it really, surprise she'd, me. Runs in the family, she'd, that she'd be biting viciousness. your head off and saying off with their heads. <laughs> Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.